And welcome in to episode three of Three Ring Circus, um, the, the most fun Friday out there in media. Uh, and we're excited about a really great show today. Of course, this show and all of our shows presented by MSU Denver Online, where you can get rigorous and affordable education taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom at msudenver.edu slash online. Make sure you check them out. They've got all sorts of different programs, all sorts of different classes, everything that you could need to further your education. And MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking to further that degree while working a full-time job, MSU Denver is perfect for you. My boys, what's shaking? Boy, I can't wait to get this circus started. Can't wait to get it rolling. And we have an Awesome, awesome guest today. We're super excited to bring on formerly a a beat reporter for the Denver Broncos, but now covering the Washington Redskins or the Washington football team. I saved it. I saved it. I saved it. (laughs) For the Washington Post, let's bring on our friend Nikki Jabala. What's going on, guys? I'm glad you weren't there so everyone couldn't see the face you made when I said that. Uh, but I mean, I, I was like, yeah. 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 I could see you tried to to save it. Yeah, it was just formerly, you know. The just... effort. The effort was there. The intent was there. They Not... they were still that former team when you started, right? Um. Yes. I believe I was actually on the road to D.C. when they announced they were going to move to the temporary name. Wow. I yes. mean, actually, I was in Kentucky. I remember that. Yes. Oh, okay. Very, very memorable. I mean, geez, Kentucky. Nikki, when we were talking right before the show, we were talking about how you've, you know, had head coaching stuff out in Washington, quarterback stuff out in Washington, ownership stuff out in Washington. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about name change stuff. You've literally had everything uh, in no. the past year. Yeah, it's been a little busy out here. Um, and there's still more to come, you know, investigations and more quarterback drama. And oh, by the way, they just released Alex Smith officially. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, it was a reporter's dream. It was everything. I, you know, though I shouldn't say that. I mean, you never want to see anybody battle cancer and some of the allegations that have, um, been made about the team in, in recent years, but you know, there was plenty to cover from my perspective. So. Are are you surprised, Nikki, that they're going to be the football team for another year while they figure this out? No, I mean they kind of said that was the case, and they're doing a full rebranding. And I mean they they've completely revamped the entire front office and everything there. So um, we've kind of been expecting that. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they leave that as the name going forward, which. I mean, whatever. Okay. I personally, you know, I I personally love it. It's it's unique. I mean, I'm just so scared. I'm going to call them the what TF the, or the WTF <laughs> instead of the WFT. It's going to happen one time. But. Oh, you haven't done it yet. I know. It's amazing. It's really amazing. <laughs> um, I don't want to get too, too sentimental, but I have to say when I first started on Broncos beat, Nikki was like the very first uh, person that covered the team that actually made me feel welcome 
uh, in the media room. She's like the first one to follow me on Twitter, first one to ever hit me with a retweet. So for that, Nikki, we thank you. You're my boy, Ryan. All right. <laughs> Even now if you we wear those to- shirts. What? Hawaiian shirt Friday. <laughs> and it's very floral. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we have this game. And here's how it works. What we're going to do is show you a fictional. I want everyone to make sure they get that part right. We're going to show you a fictional tweet. Which means not f- true for anyone that, that we just want to make make that clear. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna show you a fictional tweet from the future. Now, if you think the Broncos should do this, you should say, I can confirm that. But again, you're not actually confirming it. If they don't confirm don't, anything to me. If you don't think the Broncos should do that, then you say, don't confirm to Nikki. <laughs> Are you Why did I agree to that? this? Are you oh my that? God. Let's go. All right, all right. Let's uh let's bring up the very first fictional tweet. Breaking: The Denver Broncos have traded all of their draft picks from 21 and 2022 to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. Is this confirmed, Nikki? Um, don't confirm to Nikki. Don't confirm to Nikki. Oh, wow. wow, that's an upset. You don't think no. this is that? I mean, I think they should trade most of them, just not all of them. <laughs> so what, hang, hang on to a seventh round pick? Right, just keep, just hey. keep one for yeah. you know, a good yeah. PR or something. You know, you uh, can keep, you can pick a punter with that pick. You can do, yeah. you know, get another Riley Dixon. I mean, get rid of all the second rounders because they cannot draft in the second round. We know that. Um, but like, you know, maybe they're pretty good in the fourth and fifth just keep a fifth rounder just to say you did (laughs) i I thought you were saying don't confirm this because you want deshaun watson in washington with you so you have some excitement i mean i didn't say it (laughs) um yeah washington can't afford to get deshaun watson they're number 19 it's not gonna happen it would be fun though um, yeah, I wouldn't give up two whole classes. That seems like a bit much. But... So what, what is your price then? What, what would you be willing to give up if you're the Broncos? What do you think is fair price? Pretty much anything close to it. I mean, what are they saying? Is the it, three first still the magic number now? Um, I'd give up four first. If oh. they don't believe Drew Lock. I say this, but they never gave Drew Locke a chance. They never give any young quarterback a chance because they change coordinators and systems every freaking year. So I don't know how anybody is supposed to learn or develop over there. Um, but if they really don't feel that Drew Locke is a the guy, then, I mean, yeah, trade the house for Deshaun Watson anyway. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Just trade the house for him. So are we actually <laughs> confirming this news now? You know, the more I think about it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, save a fifth rounder. Maybe throw you got to throw in Vaughn in there, right? Ooh. I feel like Vaughn has to be a part of any trade discussion. Maybe we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I yeah, I mean, for me, the only downside of trading two full drafts is like we do a lot of draft coverage here at DNVR that we have a lot of fun with. It would just be over Mm. for two whole years. Um, Yeah, naturally, that would yeah. All right, let's bring up the next tweet here fictional tweet well there it is per source the broncos have signed quarterback alex smith 
former Kansas City quarterback, rejoins the AFC West this time in Denver? Um, I think they should do this. Oh, okay. not to be a starter, though. Not to be a starter. He can't start. Um, he can maybe fill in for four games, but that's about it. Um, so that's, that's what I've been saying. Both of these guys think if he came in, he would beat out Drew Locke in a quarterback. He conference. probably would. And that's the, yeah. that's the bigger problem <laughs> is he probably would beat him out in training camp but he can't last more than four or five games um, or he couldn't hear. I mean, he had Alex. I mean, there's not going to be another Alex Smith, right? He's just, the dude is tough as nails. I've never come across somebody as tough as him. I mean, we all saw what it's like looked like in that documentary. Right. I mean, to come back from that and, you know, even though the team said he was dealing with a calf strain late in the season, I mean, there's no way Alex Smith would come back from the injury he did and sit out just because he had a little soreness in his calf. It was much bigger than that. You know, there were some functional issues that were going on there. Um, but he has lost a bit of his mobility and he's, you know, Alex is a mobile guy. He can't do that. He is, he's going to be 37 at the start of the season. He's not the same guy he was in his prime. And yeah, you can joke all you want about him being, you know, captain checkdown. But he does keep an offense moving, and he is efficient usually. Um, but if he can't evade the rush, then I don't, I don't know what you can do with him. But he can mentor young quarterbacks. Um, he is very good at that. He can earn the respect instantly of the locker room, um, and he can be a leader that, you know, it seems like Denver has been missing for quite some time, even as a backup. But I don't think health-wise, and even at the point in his career – where he could be turned to as a starter, but he could be an asset in that locker room. But if you don't have a bona fide starter, then you do run the risk of him beating a guy out in training camp. And then what? Yeah, that's true. And one thing, since you were there, I'd like to ask you, Nikki is, you know, they went on a run when he got in the lineup. How -hmm. much of that was due to Alex Smith and how much of it was due to other factors bringing that team together? A lot of it was due to Alex Smith. Um, he settled down that offense. I mean, it was a young group. Um, a lot of receivers who were either rookies, second-year guys, guys that had never started or played as much as they did. Um, you know, brand-new tight ends group. I mean, he settled them down. It was never flashy. That's not what Alex Smith is. Um, but he ran the offense efficiently, and he protected the ball. Um, I think his interception rate is, like, one of the lowest in the league over the last – like 16 years since he entered it. Um, so I, I think that was huge. And, and the players respect the hell out of him. Um, you know, not just because of what he went through, but there's just something about the way he carries himself where you, you never hear a bad thing about Alex Smith. You just don't. And usually there's always somebody willing to gripe about somebody else in the NFL. That's just the nature of the league, right? But you don't hear that about Alex Smith. Chase Young absolutely loved the guy. Chase Young is 15 years younger than him. It could not be any more different if he tried. They had lockers right next to each other. Um, The other quarterbacks loved him. They listened to him. I mean, he's, you know, he he just has a way about him. Um, So I think a lot of it is Alex Smith. Um, 
you know, was he the best quarterback skill wise? No, but you know, he was what they needed at the time. So Nikki, you say all of these things about how the, every player buys into him. Why did the organization and coaches not buy into him? What was it? Just a couple of weeks ago, he came out in a piece and yeah. just said how there was just no respect for him. He felt zero love there in Washington. Was that just purely a Washington thing? Or is that something that could maybe translate to another team as well? I mean, he didn't say there was zero love or there was no respect. He said he, you know, he did throw a wrench in their plans. Um, you know, they were planning to move on with Dwayne Haskins, who wasn't really Ron Rivera's guy anyway. And there were other issues there. So it wouldn't have worked out with or without Alex Smith in the room. Um, but they had planned to m- move on without Alex Smith. They had traded for Kyle Allen, who is a Ron Rivera guy. Um and they had built this young core around them, and this was their plan. Oh, by the way, they have a $12 million insurance and policy they're about to collect on if he doesn't play. So, yeah, he Alex did have to kind of he, – he did have to push his way onto the field to really prove himself. And it seems asinine now looking back, but think about it from Ron Rivera's perspective too, is this is a guy that – Again, we all saw what his leg looked like. I'm sure there is some hesitance of, you know, even though you're medically cleared, you know, what if something happens to your other leg? As a coach, I'm scared to put him out there. I think that's very real, too. So I think kind of both sides, both perspectives can be true in this sense, you know, where they're not totally comfortable with this guy playing after what he went through, even though he is medically cleared. I mean, he's got a titanium rod in his tibia it's not gonna break you know but still we saw what happened and i know what his leg still looks like so um there is some hesitance there but yeah he did kind of screw up the plan and you know they he had to really push to get his his chance to prove himself when I read those comments, I heard a guy who still feels like he has a lot to give in the NFL and a lot to prove to people who don't believe in him. So my question there is, is he taking a role where he thinks he's going to be the backup? Um, he might if that's if that's all he can get. You know, I don't think Alex is a stupid guy. He's not delusional. He didn't come back thinking he was going to blow away by the league. He was going to blow away the league with what he was going to do. I mean, he even said, you know, he wasn't sure if he could really do all this. He wanted to see. But he he is realistic about his abilities and where he is physically. Um, it doesn't change his desire to keep going. But if a backup role is all that's offered to him, yeah, I'm sure he'll take it. I, I don't see another team giving him a starting job, though I could be completely wrong. Um, but I, I could totally see, you know, a Jacksonville type, you know, with his connection to Urban Meyer, you know, go in and really show Trevor Lawrence the ropes while he's starting. That could be an ideal fit. Or, or Chicago with Matt Nagy. Like, some of these make a lot of sense. But is he, you know, it, it's, I think he's going to take what he can get. He is, he's a smart guy. He's a realist. He's not going to just, you know, think he's Deshaun Watson out there. You know? <laughs> so. All right, let, let's go on to the next fictional tweet here. Maybe. Pulling it up. <laughs> Suspense is killing me. Right, the right, the, the news is coming in. All right, the Broncos have signed Ronald Darby, according to a source. Super Bowl champ, former second-round pick, will play a key role in Denver's secondary. Why? 
<laughs> so not confirming. <laughs> well, I say this. No, I mean, I, I think Washington is trying to re-sign Darby. Um, he's had an interesting career, though, because he's kind of bounced around, kind of played on a one-year prove-it deal in Washington. Now he, he could get paid significantly, like nine to ten mil a year. Um, but he doesn't strike me as a kind of guy that would fit what Denver is looking for in their secondary. I think they're – bigger priority should be re-signing Justin Simmons after all this time and stop dragging that out because it's ridiculous. And if you're not going to pay a guy like Justin Simmons, why are you paying a guy like Ron Darby? But whatever, what do I know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't confirm to Nikki mainly because yeah, I think it's... Washington's going to resign him. Yeah. That's a, that's a quick one. Just scratch that one off the list. I like it. You know? All right. I think we can just go on to the next one then. Broncos have signed pass rusher Ryan Kerrigan. Looks for four Pro Bowlers in his first ten years with the Washington Football Team. Um, are they just going to release Vaughn, or I they captain Vaughn in this situation? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't know why. It doesn't you're sound very Vaughn. exciting. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to release Vaughn, I don't know why you would just replace him with an older veteran. Uh, I mean, they're the same age. I shouldn't say that, but with just another veteran. If you're releasing Vaughn, isn't it isn't the point just to give Malik Reed and Chubb the keys at that point, right? You would think um, so, unless they unless they just don't trust the their undrafted uh, undrafted guys and, and want to put veterans mm-hmm. ahead of them. And where where is Kerrigan in his career? What did you see from him last year? Is he a guy that that can so be effective. a trusted starter still? Yeah, no, he's still really effective, and I think he wants to start. Otherwise, I would say, yeah, bring him on as a backup. But I think he really does want to start. I think he can start. It's just will another team give him that chance at this point in his career? Because um, he's not. I mean, he entered the league at the same time as Vaughn, but he's not Vaughn, you know? Um, <laughs> a few people are, let's be real. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think he could be good in that group. I think as John Elway famously said, you can never have too many pass rushers. Um, but if you're releasing Vaughn, if you're just swapping out pass rushers, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense unless it's just a money dump, you know, and not picking up Vaughn's option but right. I he's mean, not what, a bad guy to have in the locker room either. You know, what would you think of, I mean, the Broncos save $18 million if they move on from Vaughn and how much is Kerrigan five or is he more of a, a $10 million type of For guy? I, mean, rusher, I would think he's more than that. Okay. So, so even think. the, the money difference there, the value isn't there with Kerrigan. Depends what the role is, I guess. I mean, if he's coming in to compete for a starting job, you can't give him less than you give Darby. Right. That's yeah. just my point mm-hmm. of view. So if Darby's getting nine to ten, then there you go. You're talking it. double digits for Kerrigan. I'll never He's forget. A pass rusher. I'll never forget uh, an, a Bronco who is no longer with the team who will remain unnamed, mocking Garrett Bowles for what Ryan Kerrigan did to him in a game, just absolutely bowl rushing him mm-hmm. and knocking him straight over. That that's my like Ryan Kerrigan memory that's carved into my brain. Is this is this the player that shall not be named that is no longer in the league at all? Yes. No longer yeah. in the league at all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, gosh, I st- I couldn't like that's like it just carved into my brain. I was yeah. like, wow, that is a yeah that's a locker room memory I'll never forget. It it's it a- was always. yeah it was the it was the 
epitome of a dysfunctional team and dysfunctional locker room that that sort of thing happened in full mm-hmm. view of all of us standing there. Right. Yes. That's what I was just going to yeah, say. Like, yeah. I didn't remember every, like, I didn't know every one of you guys would know exactly what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, forget something like that. now yeah. Garrett Bowles is the one with the last laugh. Uh, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. By a long Gotta shot. Gotta love Mike Munchak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Here you go. Von Miller's time in Denver is over. The Broncos declined his option, according to a source. Miller would become a free agent for the first time in his career. Why don't they just restructure? I haven't looked at his contract in a good bit of time, so I say that as an uneducated. <laughs> uneducated. Yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah. So what he's looking at is one year, what one year left on his deal, twenty-two million dollar cap hit, four million dollars if they move on from him in dead cap, and he's due eighteen million in cash this year. So not much you can do, really. I mean, there's definitely restructure, and that's what everyone in Denver is saying right now. Again, just for anyone who just tuned in, this is not real breaking news. (laughs) In case you can't see the giant white letters below it, but. Uh, you know that everyone wants the restructure. I think the Broncos want the restructure. The fans want the restructure. Uh, it, it all just comes down to: Does Vaughn want a restructure? Especially after seeing the kind of money that JJ Watt just got on the market. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with Vaughn's situation is he's coming off an injury, and then the year before he had a down year, and now he's got all the off-field uncertainty. Um, so there's a lot of ifs floating around him. Whereas, you know, in previous years, you could say, well, it's Von Miller. You know, either you're right. going to pay a premium for an elite pass rusher or you're just being stupid. Um, and the thing with Denver, and I always come back to this, is if you can ask Peyton Manning to take a, a, a pay cut, then anything's on the table. I will always come back to that. And they did. They asked Peyton Manning to take a pay cut. They asked um, DeMarcus Ware to take a pay cut. You can ask Vaughn to take a pay cut if that's where we're at. The problem is Vaughn – I don't know that Vaughn has any other leverage. Um, I still think you try to keep Vaughn. I, I still think for where they are right now and the needs of that defense, I think you try to keep your elite guys. Well, and one thing you can do, Nikki, just like you did with Peyton, you ask Vaughn to take a pay cut, but then you build in incentives. And maybe it's not Super Bowl incentives like Peyton had because this team isn't on that path right now, but maybe it's sack incentives. And so he can earn it all back just like Peyton did. Yeah, do it that way. The other thing, like you said, Nikki, they have to pay Justin Simmons and they should pay Justin Simmons. And even if they get Simmons back, they're still a corner needy team. So if you can get eight sacks out of Malik Reed, do you part ways with Von Miller, get the $18 million and put that into maybe not Ronald Darby, but one of the better corners on the market? Yeah, it's possible. Um, you got to really have faith that Malik Reed is the guy coming up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's you have Bradley Chubb, who is great, um, but you really got to have faith on the other side. Um I don't know. That's a hard one. I keep going back and forth on Vaughn. I still think at this, even on a one year kind of prove it type thing. And then you don't pick up it. Cause he's got two years left. Right. Or is this his final year? This is it. Yeah. I see. I still think you try to keep him for one more year and then cut him loose, but it's tough because yeah, it's gone, you know? Yeah. I just don't think they have enough else. Unless they're really deciding, like, all right, we just need to start moving on and, and 
rebuilding, even though we never use the R word, um, <laughs> and, and kind of cut ties there, which is fine. That makes more sense if that's their plan. But if they really feel feel like they want to compete now and win now, then I don't think you move on from a guy like Vaughn. All right, let's go to the, the, I believe, the last very fictional tweet here. Let's see what it has to say. Papel and Trust decided to put the Denver Broncos up for sale. What do you think, Mickey? Why this hasn't happened, you know, why this didn't happen seven years ago is beyond me, but okay. Um, (laughs) Well, hard confirm on this. (laughs) I mean... I mean, yeah, they should absolutely do this. It, it should have been done years ago. Um, just on the sole fact that the family clearly cannot get along well enough to have dinner, let alone run a $3 billion franchise. Um, I know the goal is to pass it down to Brittany, and Brittany seems more than qualified to run an NFL team. But the fact of the matter is, the team will be owned collectively by the trust, even though she will be the controlling owner and she would have full say over her family shares, but there's still infighting within the family. And that could lead to additional lawsuits that could lead to all this negative press. Do they, does the league really want that? Does the team really want that? Is that in the best interest of the team and the trust and the family? I would argue no. Um, so I, I've believed this for a long time. I feel like the only way for this ownership situation to be resolved is for the team to be sold. And yes, it, I I know Pat Bowen said it was his, um, desire to have the team passed down to his children, but he also said clearly that if, you know, not everybody was on board, then the trustees have discretion to sell. Seems like, it seems Mm -hmm. like it needs to be sold just logically speaking nikki how important is functional ownership for an nfl organization's success on the field because obviously you saw it here in denver what it looked like uh Mm -hmm. under a trust and now you've seen it this past year with so many things swirling with that ownership situation i think it's paramount i mean the trickle down effect is real you look at what's going on in houston right now um you know it the late owner, he had his issues, sure. But, you know, with him gone, it, it's it's kind of been a mess, you know. I, I I think a steady ownership presence is paramount to any any organization, let alone these three, you know, multi-billion dollar pro franchises that are in the public eye all the time. I, I just think you have to have stability at the top. And when you don't, you know, there's you have issues of who is answering to whom. I mean... You know, I think it's a fair question. This is no disrespect to Joe Ellis or or John Elway, but there were many times where it's like, who do they answer to if there's no owner? If Joe Ellis is both trustee and, you know, president of the team, who does he answer to? Who does John Elway answer to as head of football? And yes, you could say Joe Ellis, but the fact of the matter is there's no owner. There's nobody with skin in the game that has, you know, a vested interest in the team's future in that regard um it does matter i think it's hugely important and i know it's not as you know fun or exciting as talking about who the next quarterback is going to be but i i don't 
I don't think the quarterback matters in a sense if you don't have stability at the top because you're going to go through this endless carousel of coaching talent, of um, personnel, of, you know, it's just going to be a mess. I think we've seen it repeatedly over the years. I think it's interesting that you cover Washington, of course, and mm-hmm. the la- it was a different kind of family drama that led to the team being sold in the late 1990s to Daniel Snyder uh, from the estate of the late Jack Kent Cook. And that's an example of how you can have a sale that maybe solves the fit, fit that solves family issues, but you have to get the right person in there because mm-hmm. I mean, clearly you've seen this with uh, how fans feel. You've seen this with what you've covered. Uh, if you get the wrong owner, it's possible that this, that any situation gets worse. Right. Right. And that's always the risk, you know, is you think it's bad now. Well, it can always get worse. But I, I think at some point you you do have to just move on. Now, there are different. It's it's a little bit different. It's a lot different. Um, the Broncos situation compared to Washington situation, because they do have an owner in Washington and getting rid of an owner is sometimes harder than, um, you know, finding a new owner. Um, just because you have more people who are involved who have a say. I mean, three quarters of the league has to decide to first push out Dan Snyder and then, you know, agree on the new owner. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough. And the NFL is in the NFL is different just because it mandates an individual controlling owner. And you think about how lucrative these franchises are, how valuable they are. And to find somebody who a can afford it, and B will be, you know, personally invested in it to the point where he he or she will manage it as, um, you know, any good owner would. Uh, I think how they do that, I think there are different opinions on, you know, how much meddling versus non-meddling you could do. But, you know, I, I think it's a hard ask, whereas in the NBA and MLB, you can have investment groups, you can split it up, you know, you can have multiple people having shares in the team, Um but to find one person with a, who can afford at least 30% to have control, that's difficult. That narrows the pool significantly. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, Nikki, what do you, do you think the team will be sold? And if so, what do you think the timeline is on that? Which team are we talking about now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I do think ultimately it will be sold. The timeline, I mean... I got to think by 2022, I mean, isn't that when they will start enforcing, um, you know, being in compliance with ownership rules? I think that's when Joe Ellis's contract expires. And I believe he said that he doesn't want to do this forever. Um, So I think by at least then they'll have somebody new in place. Um, And I think it does need to be a non-Bolin person. Um, Again, no disrespect to Brittany or Beth or anybody else. I'm sure um, both are qualified. It's it's more that the family cannot get along and agree on the future of the franchise. Yeah. And then the last thing I have for you, and I don't know if the other guys have anything else, is which franchise do you think is in a better position right now, the, the Broncos or the football team? Um, that's a good question. Oh I would, boy, I would maybe say, a depressing question for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're both in tough spots right now, but I would just, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> you can say it's a tie. <laughs> I do think it's kind of a tie. I mean, Washington's in the middle of a rebuild, but they have an ongoing investigation into everything that's been going on off the field. So there's ownership uncertainty there. The only quarterbacks they have under contract are Taylor Heineke and Steven Montez, who I know you adore, <laughs> Ryan. Um, but it, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty there. They have a ton of cap space, but they also have a relatively low first round pick, um, a young roster, a defense that is good, but that, you know, will get very expensive very soon in Denver. I think you have probably more stability at the top, even though it's in a trust. Um, I think George Payton is very qualified and probably should have been a GM um, a long time ago. I think Vic is a hell of a coach, um, though I know kind of the start there might have been rough patches. So I think I think they have the right people in place. It's just a matter of getting the right players there. And if you know the current regime and ownership is willing to be patient to find um, the next quarterback. I think that's what it ultimately comes down. I think that's what it has always come down to, honestly, is, is their patience at the top and finding the people they need. Well, Hey, Wash Washington, Washington was in, yeah. in the playoffs last year. So Broncos right there yeah. too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Washington was in the playoffs because have you seen the NFC East lately? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, they would not have been in the playoffs anywhere else. I, they were seven and nine. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're they're different, but kind of almost on the same level because there's they have a lot of good pieces, but also a ton of uncertainty and a lot of really big holes to fill and a lot of big questions to answer in both ownership, um, you know, roster, coaching, the whole nine. So um, and the Broncos do play in a much tougher division so yeah. you guys got pat mahomes good luck with that <laughs> um yeah w would it be a t would it be a tie if they were in opposite directions and maybe another alternate scenario would it be a tie if ron rivera wasn't the coach in washington um no probably not yeah probably not because then you I, I think most would just assume it's still a you know mess mm -hmm. and it is still messy out here um you know, even with Ron, it's very messy, but I think he does give hope of a turnaround, possibly, maybe. There was no possibly or maybe a year ago, so that's something. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. Happy Friday, everybody. Yes. <laughs> well, Nikki, this has been awesome. Thank you for giving us um, a lot of your time here. We really appreciate it. As you can see from the comment section, uh, everyone in Denver misses you, and that goes for us as well. Uh, but it looks like you're killing it. That house the, or wherever you're at looks nice and fancy. So like I think eggs. you are killing it. Yeah, it <laughs> looks great. Got, you Can got you a, new, a new dog. Yeah, let's see the pup. Yeah, he's <laughs> sleeping under the desk. Oh. <laughs> we did have some uh, people asking for Joey in the comment section. I can. Well, here's Joey. Oh, Joe. oh my goodness! This is Louie. So cute. Yeah. Oh yeah, Joey wants in too. Yeah. See, Joey's Joey, Joey wants a cameo. <laughs> Say hi, Joey. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. Well, this is awesome. my, These are my boys. That's a beautiful family you have there. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> We're really happy. <laughs> All right, Nikki. We'll let you go. Thanks again, and hopefully we'll talk thanks, soon. Nikki. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks. Nikki Javala. 
awesome to have her on uh, and really some great insights. I mean, you know, great stuff on all those football team players that we touched on, but really great stuff uh, when it came to the ownership. And it's nice to have that perspective, right? Because Nikki was in it. She was, she was dialed in everything that's going on, but now she's over there she can be a little bit more frank a little bit more honest about the situation what she thinks can happen and she certainly didn't pull any punches about what she thinks should happen with this team and i can't say i disagree with her well what was really interesting though was still the loyalty to von miller and you know at when she talked about it more just maybe the more hesitant she seemed but guys that, that that's why if john elway was still around I think there's, and if John Elway was still calling the shots, guys, I think it's pretty clear that Von Miller's kind of coming back, no ifs, ands, or buts, because of that loyalty. And I mean, we saw it from Nikki, who's been around the team. You know, it, the fans have so much loyalty as well. George Payton, I think, is the one to throw a tiny wrench in that. But even yesterday, guys, we heard from George Payton that you know they want Von back, and, and it's very clear now. George Payton didn't say we're gonna we're gonna bring Von, Von back, pick up the option, no ifs, ands, or buts. But he did make it very clear that they want him back. Yeah, they want him back, but he didn't say this, but I think it was clear by his comments. They want him back, but not beyond a certain point. I think uh, they've basically made uh, – they've they've probably internally made a call budget-wise to say, okay, we want Vaughn back, but it, it can't go past these terms. There is a line in the sand somewhere. I mean, we don't know where that is, but it does exist. And maybe that line in the sand for George Payton is not where John Elway's line in the sand would have been. Right, right. Not as high, potentially. But, but maybe the the line in the sand on Justin Simmons with George Payton is higher than it was before. And that's why I think there's a lot more optimism than there was at, this, that, at, at various points last year about a multi-year deal for Justin. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and there, there's definitely, I mean, yesterday when we talked to George Payton and Vic Fangio, he wants everyone back. George Payton wants everyone back, but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be back Mesa. And there was yeah. some reading between the lines when it came to these guys. The one guy though, where there's no reading in between the lines is you're absolutely right. Mesa uh, is Justin Simmons. He he's back. Uh, and it's very, very clear that they want a long-term deal with him. Worst case, he gets a franchise tag to to give the Broncos a couple of more months. Uh, they they're going to tender Philip Lindsay, Tim Patrick, Alexander Johnson, guys. As I wrote earlier this week, it is very clear to me, at least, if they give a second or first round tender to those three guys, they're Denver Broncos for another year. If they don't, those guys are gone. What was interesting was George Payton said they still haven't decided what tenders they're going to give. I'm curious if they're deciding between first and second round tenders with these guys, or if they're deciding between second and original, because that's saying we're deciding if we want them or not. I think that's yep. the decision they're making is, is to or, or, or original round. And I mean, reading between the lines, I don't think we're looking at three second round tenders here, guys. You know, original round tender to me is like leaving a fifty cent tip on your on your uh, bill it's at a, a slap restaurant. in the face. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you're better off not leaving it. It's less insulting to not leave a tip at all than to be like mm, one penny. You know, like not. There's no chance I forgot to tip you. It's I purposely tipped you a terrible tip to show you that I don't appreciate you. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna second round tender these guys, just let them walk. Um, don't do the original round. Like it just, you know, I think that's 
it's disrespectful. But I mean, especially uh, to wouldn't that kind of encapsulate how Philip Lindsay has felt about the team really since he since he signed with them guys? Yeah, heck, since they pass on him for the accountant David Williams in the seventh round of the draft, uh, you know there it's there's been an off-putting lack of appreciation I feel like for Philip Lindsay um, within this organization and, and yeah I think that would be the cherry on top to say like, oh nah, original round tender like just if you don't want him just let him go man yeah if they give him the original well the thing is though the original round tender at least guarantees a salary at a certain point even if nobody brings him in so that's that's what that does and that's why you'd put on there but if they give him the original round tender I think he's a Buffalo Bill. Mm, they would be so good. Oh, yeah. If you put Philip Lindsay on a good team, like no one is saying like he doesn't make them better. And that's yeah. why you should put him right. on your team for <laughs> a right. very small price um, compared to what I think his value is. So I don't know why there's this weird disconnect um, in terms of his value and what the Broncos see his value as. But um it's a shame, and I hope I, I kind of hope it's just a narrative that that only exists in our space and not yeah. a, a reality inside the building. But well, it is, would be it, it would be George Payton who would change that because the the reality hasn't just existed in our space; it's existed within the Broncos organization for the past year because they've had chances to correct that over this past year. Because he was undrafted, he could he was eligible for a contract after his second year. So all of last year, he could have got a contract extension and didn't get that. But the hope for 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 people that want Philip Lindsay around, which is pretty much everyone in Broncos country, is that George Payton changes that. Yeah, you yeah. hope so. But uh, the problem is, uh, non traditional players in terms of height, weight, speed for their position are always going to fight that undercurrent of bias against yep. them. No matter how good they are, there's all there's always that. Oh, you're you're not blank. You're not tall enough. You're not stout enough. You're not. It's it, it's frustrating because you know. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is on the film of what he yeah. can do. And I, really I, quick, I, when – oh, sorry, Ryan, you can go. I was just going to say I hate that I'm in this position, but like 50% of me really wants Philip Lindsay to be a Bronco, and 50% of me wants him to go to somewhere where he's going to be appreciated and win football games because, again, I have a feeling a very good team is going to want Philip Lindsay, and he's going to make them even better. And Buffalo is a perfect example of a team that is – I mean, they've got nothing in terms of a running game. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you bring Philip Lindsay in there, you're 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 not only going to bring a good runner, but an explosive runner. And maybe you know they'll give him the opportunity to prove that he's uh, improved his pass catching out of the backfield. Um, and, and I think just wherever he ends up, uh, it's going to hurt Broncos fans to see how successful he ends up. Yeah, and the reason I mentioned Buffalo is they Brian Dayball is very good at making nice use of non-traditional talents and finding finding roles for them. I mean, he fa- he's found a good role for Isaiah McKenzie. Yep. yep. Wouldn't and wouldn't it be some, something else yeah. if in Buffalo it is Von Miller and Philip Lindsay next year? I've seen uh, the the Bills Bills Mafia oh. has been all about trying to bring Von there. That would uh 
that would crush Broncos, but also maybe uh, the Broncos fans would be okay with it when, uh, you know, those guys are going up against the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. Yeah, and and watching, and of course, they'd have to watch the quarterback the Broncos passed on at number five. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. And and really quick, guys, on Philip Lindsay, what was interesting yesterday was, like I said, George Payton said he loves everyone, wants to keep everyone. Not a surprise there. He's not going to come out and say, we don't want this guy in a press conference. But the guy who he gave probably the the most lukewarm of an answer about uh, was Melvin Gordon. You know, instead of saying, we, you know, we absolutely want him back. Uh, Melvin Gordon's under contract, so maybe he didn't feel like he had to say that. But when talking about Melvin, he said, uh, he said, you know, he's a good player. We have to see how his legal stuff uh, pans out. And it was just it was just a little bit different of a tone from the way he talked about everyone else. And again, maybe it was just because he knows Melvin's under contract uh, or maybe they're there. They may make a move depending on how his legal situation turns out, which uh, which should be over in one month, although it just keeps yeah. getting pushed back. But the court date is set for April 2nd. And that what may be the, the one thing that gets Phil a second round tender. Mm-hmm. If right. their indication is that Melvin is going to be convicted of this and they want to part ways from him because they know they're facing a suspension. That that is the thing that could still tip the scales in Phil's favor uh, to get a tender that keeps him here for 2021. The thing I is, think, you're not going to know about that trial uh, before right. you're going to have well, to make the decision on Phil. Broncos before. always they, know. They always know that <laughs> Keith Bishop is the most plugged in person in local law enforcement outside of local law, law enforcement. It's former DEA. Believe me, the Broncos know exactly how this is likely going to turn out. Yeah, exactly. And heck, <laughs> I would uh, I would have plenty of praise uh, for George Payton if he made that move. I mean, you know, you talk about paying running backs and overpaying running backs. And, you know, he could look at the, the two guys they have there and say, man, that this guy is not worth $5 million more than this guy. You know, but wasn't I mean Ryan? But last year, did didn't he prove? Didn't Melvin Gordon and and Philip Lindsay at the same time prove John Elway right? Just at least in a one year sample size. Absolutely, in a one year sample size, the move worked out because Phil was hurt, and uh, you know you didn't you didn't get his best most of the season, mm-hmm. and you needed Melvin Gordon, and it worked out. And you know, cool, it, you know, uh, you went <laughs> you went it didn't help you win very many games. So uh, maybe in the end. He wasn't right. But in a vacuum where you're looking at, did well, they need Melvin Gordon last year? Then yes, of course. I mean, you can't put the 5-11 and 11 season on on Melvin Gordon playing better than Philip Lindsay. No, 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 you can't. But I'm just saying it wasn't worth much. I mean, you, yes, you did need him uh, because otherwise you were turning to, you know, Royce Freeman or whatever. And so, yes, you would have been worse if you didn't have Melvin Gordon. That's for sure. But being worse might have been better. I mean, and, and and I think I don't I don't know if you agree with this, but um, I think the best case or the, the best option for the Broncos moving forward this year is keeping both of those guys because you unquestionably had a very, very good running back in Melvin Gordon the second half of the season. You hope that he can continue that uh, and roll that into this year. And Phil had the worst year of his career last year. And to me, I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was a back-to-back thousand-yard rusher. And you have both of these guys under contract. Moving on from Phil makes no sense for this year, at least. Pick him up for three and a half million and roll with him this year. And to Melvin, it if you if you move on from him, well, you're going to have dead cap money there. And to me, it makes it, you, you already have this contract, right? 
So to me, it makes more sense to pay him $9 million and have him on the team than to cut him and carry dead cap and not have him on the team and then either have to go pay another running back, have Royce Freeman be your one or two, or use a day two pick on a running back. Yeah, and right, I think it would probably be a draft pick. It would probably be a day two. Maybe you're even talking about a running back in the second round, which, hey, you might find somebody really good, but there are so many things on the shopping list right now that creating a, a roster hole where there isn't one right now seems sort of illogical to me. Yeah, so I guess I would just disagree with you, Ryan, and say yeah. I wouldn't praise uh, George Payton for moving on from from Melvin this year. I would because I think then you can easily get another running back in the fifth round, sixth round, fourth round, seventh round, undrafted. And that's uh, just where I disagree. I think I think you'd be using a day two pick. Either way, um, uh, cheaper and effective if you hit the pick. Uh, all right, we have to move on, uh, but we can revisit this on a pod next week. Um, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, and the good company hard seltzer this weekend. Uh, you're probably going to be in some good company. Weather's warming up. Hopefully, you get to hang out with some people you like, and hopefully, you get to enjoy some good company hard seltzers. Uh, I enjoyed several of them um, last weekend, and it was a very enjoyable experience. So, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that again this weekend, uh, and you should too. Or if you're not a seltzer person, there's, of course, dozens of great brews from Breckenridge Brewery that you can enjoy this weekend. So it's the Breck Brew Friday. Make it a Breck Brew Friday. Use the Breck Brew locator on their website to find out where and which Breck Brews they have near you. Make it a hassle-free weekend as well with our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. Of course, Ryan's talking about damn good seltzers with Breck Brew, and we're talking about damn good beef with Hassle Cattle Company. They're the best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the United States. And they're called the blue-collar blue Wagyu, Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford and they have more than just damn good steaks they also have smoked sausage beef bacon wagyu franks and two different flavors of jerky i love the sweet and spicy and their hamburger one food network's northeast burger jam so we love them and you'll love this if you want a hassle-free weekend make sure to use the code dnvr10 for 10 percent off your order over at hassle cattle company and if you spend over 200 you'll get free shipping so get a lot of meat and use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off over at Hassel Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. All right, guys. Well, um, we spent so much time arguing about running backs that we're a little behind here. So I'm calling an audible. I'm, I'm Peyton Manning at the line right now. Instead of going to one got to go right now, we are going to go. Directly. Oh, I just promoted on Twitter, RK. I, Come on. I, I, I know. Yeah, you know, we had, to, foolish. we had to bicker over, you know, uh, uh, $5 million between Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay. And we have our guest that we're going to bring into the red zone here. I'm not going to make him wait, you know, uh, 20 minutes for us to do one got to go. So we're going to go uh, through our guy now. We're going to enter the red zone and see if our friend Dallin Denton from the uh, DNVR Madden League, a former Super Bowl champion in the DNVR Madden League. We'll see if he can enter the red zone. What's up, Dallin? I'm good. How are you guys? What's going on, right. Dallin? Not much. I'm excited to be here and uh, get embarrassed by you three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Hopefully it'll go better than uh, our Madden game last night. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that right. Super Bowl title was over you, RK. Just saying. I know. I know. Trust me. I know. He, yeah, he did beat me in the Super Bowl. I got a small piece of revenge last night. Not, not nearly as good as the Super Bowl, but I'll take, I'll take a, a small vengeance. All right. Uh, we start with Zach. So, Mace, do you have your questions prepared for Dallin and Zach? Good luck, I Dallin. do. Talking about Thank recent you, Broncos history. So, here we go. Number one. Three running backs, so we're just going to continue talking about running backs because why not? Three running backs have popped off runs of at least 60 yards for the Broncos in the last three or in the last five seasons. Name the three running backs. Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon. Devontae Booker. Whoever gets the third one is going to win because it's 1-1. Oh, uh, Phil, Melvin. Um, Melvin and uh, Royce Freeman. Nope. Shoot. CJ Anderson. Nope. Oh my oh, goodness. <sighs> um, Hillman, Ronnie Hillman. Nope. Oh my goodness. Monty Ball. Nope. No. Holy it's, it's post. It's post Peyton oh, Manning. Yeah, yeah. Post Peyton okay. Manning. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, all right. And you said backs, right? We have, we've had three running backs. So, so far we've had Philip Lindsay get named and Melvin Gordon get named. So we're looking for that third, that third running back. And I'll, I'll give a hint. You have to go all the way back to to 2016. Hmm. And it was a player Hmm. at the end of his career. CJ. Oh, no, no. Oh my gosh, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm stuck. Out. Another, another hint. An old guy. Wasn't old. Frank Gore. Right, an, <laughs> an older Frank. player. He he went to the University of California. He did run for Baltimore at one point in his career. Oh my Come gosh! On. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not um, going to get the name. He, yep, yep. Kubiak brought him in, and uh-huh. uh, he was a stud yep. at the very end of the season. Yep, yep. I'm just not going to get the name. Yeah, I know I'm who not, you're talking I'm, about. Not one set, not two set, not three set. Oh, four set. Four set. Uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> counting I'm counting it. <laughs> oh man. I'll, I'll take oh. it. I'll take it. Oh right, my I, gosh! Hey, uh, when I researched zero. that, I su- it surprised me too. Wow, yeah, I would not have known that. Yeah, he had that run yeah. against the Raiders, right? The season finale of that year, that sixty-four yard run, I believe. Right. Yep. Yep. That's when he he really at peaked at the end of that season. <laughs> all right. Next question: In the last five seasons, the Broncos have won multiple games, two or more, in three stadiums. Obviously, one is what is now known as in power field at mile high name the other two uh, uh the soccer stadium in los angeles oakland's old stadium i don't know what that would be called no, the, Bron- the broncos have yeah. not done well in oakland the last few years yeah. Shoot. Um, um so there's three total one of them's denver one's denver and you just named one zach with yeah. um and the, the other one park. where soccer have they game. had success Probably thinking AFC. Um, maybe I don't know. No, they j- they only won one game with Drew there. Oh, Holy sure. cow! Where are we going, Mace? Can we have a little hint? Uh the hint 
the first hint is that Trevor Simeon mm, had a magnificent game there. Oh, did where the Jets play? Um, no, no. Trevor had a magnificent Trevor. game. His best. Yes. Offensive oh, player of the week. Cincinnati. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, and and to tie in your first question, I believe Philip Lindsay had a 60 plus yard run in that uh-huh. second win. Oh, that's that's right. correct. That's right. In 2018. And who started for the Bengals in that game? This doesn't count. I'm just asking. That would have oh, been Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Got that trivia question right. All right. So it all comes down to the final one. It does. Uh, How many times have the Broncos scored at least 30 points? Since Super Bowl 50. Three. Six. <laughs> Four. Zach, you're closest to the pin. Oh, oh is it a closest good, to good the pin? Five. Eight. Eight. Oh, wow. How many of yeah. those were with Drew Locke at quarterback? Uh, let's see. Drew Locke would have been responsible for uh, the the Houston game in 2019. The, uh, the Charger game last year. Um. The, the Raider game last year, the Panther game last year. Half of four. Yeah. Drew by Locke. the way. There we go. Rocking the Drew jersey. And, and by the way, to, to underscore the connection with this podcast, the only other team that has that low a number of 30-plus games since 2016 is Washington. Wow, mm, man! Wow. So many <laughs> circle backs on this show. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I worked hard to make to make sure things connected today, guys. <laughs> impressive, impressive. <laughs> oh man! Well, one yeah. thing we know is that you could definitely beat Zach at Madden. No, oh, uh, wow. I'm actually zero two against Zach. I'm no, yeah, take that, oh, Ryan. Season, so. <laughs> <laughs> take uh, that. That's that's really nice of you to let Zach get some dubs, though. Oh, man. My games with Down are always a blast, though. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry we didn't get you a winner. <laughs> oh, we're all good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for playing, dude. See you, Dallin. All right. Well, the red zone. I did, I, I did yeah. us good. Yeah. yeah. Should, just for the fun of this game, I actually enjoy researching this, these questions. I feel like you know, we can't end this segment without just seeing if Mace can answer my trivia questions. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was, was okay. going to say save them, but yeah, let's hit them. All right. I, I always have, like, I'm learning so much as I research these, so uh, I, I have fun with these. All right. Mace, on July 19th, 1962, following an intra-squad game, the Broncos held a public ceremony that included a massive fire at midfield. What were they burning? They were burning the brown and yellow vertically striped socks that they had worn the previous <laughs> two years, changing their colors to orange and blue. That is correct. That is so <laughs> it's just so great. Like that's awesome. That's, it's so like 1962. That could just right. never happen in today's day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine all the players coming together to burn their old jerseys in which they went five and eleven in? Well, yeah, the, the closest thing was when the Bucks changed. Uh, in 1997, they changed their colors from orange and red to red and pewter and got rid of the old Bucko Bruce logo. The day before they announced the new uniforms and logo, they actually got the HMS Bounty, a restored old ship, and they buried the old logo 
at sea in Tampa Bay. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love <laughs> then, of course, ceremonial. over time, of course, people came to want that back. And so, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, we eventually saw the vertical stripes for the throwback games in, uh, in 09. Maybe we'll see them make an appearance again at some point. When I was uh, in my last year of Little League, our team had in two years in a row come in second place to who was known as the Rockies. We were the Yankees. We were losing to the Rockies uh, to show you that it was definitely Little League. Um, And our coach before the first game of the season, which came against the Rockies, wrote all of our losses against them on a baseball. And then we buried the baseball uh, to kind of, you know, bury, uh, bury the the demons that we had there and we went on to uh to win to win little league that year so the wow. ceremonies they work yeah it was all yeah. because of that all because of that <laughs> how, how how funny would it would have been if that 2009 team the week after they wore those throwback jerseys they went and burned them all burned together in the field. <laughs> worked on ted lasso too uh, <laughs> one thing i want to a couple notes on those uniforms that i want to add those uniforms existed i did not know this before because the, uh, the the owner of the team at the time didn't have enough money to get them new uniforms. He bought those uniforms used uh, mm-hmm. from the Copper Bowl uh, in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, a lot of the players com- complained because since they were for much younger people that the uniforms didn't fit them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, did, did they get them washed before or did they not have enough money to even do that? Who knows? Well, the, the, back in the old AFL days, like the first couple of years, uh, it wasn't the te- the talent wasn't quite there, and you had a lot of guys that were you know, in their thirties that were trying to get eke one last paycheck out. And uh, like you said, RK, they were designed for bodies of a, a younger build, a less comfortable build than some of those first Broncos had back in nineteen sixty. All right, I put an easy one in here just because I, w- I wanted to give whoever the guest was a chance to get one. Um, yeah. But so this will be a fast one for Mace. Mace, who's the first ever coach of the Denver Broncos? Oh, first ever coach, uh, Frank Filchuk. That is correct. Not to be confl- <laughs> confused with Fred Flintstone. Um, <laughs> all right, last one. Like Fred. <laughs> last one here. In 1967, the Denver Broncos became the first AFL team to beat an NFL team. Who did they beat? Detroit Lions. Oh my God! Well, the story about that, guys, is at the of late Alex. A story yeah, to it. Well, the late Alex Karras, who, if you want, for those watching or listening who watched TV back in the eighties, remember remember him from Webster. He was the uh, adoptive father of Webster on the show. Uh, Alex Karras uh, said that if the Lions lost to the Broncos, he would walk home back to Detroit. The Lions lost. He took the charter flight home. Uh, <laughs> soft. <laughs> soft. That reminds me of how Mike Adams, before Super Bowl forty-eight, who he was from New Jersey, I mm-hmm. believe, um, and he said, "If the Broncos win the Super Bowl, he will walk home uh, in his uniform." But unfortunately, we never got to see if he would follow up on that one. <laughs> yeah, not well, even close. Well, because that was nice and quick. Um, the red zone, you know, it can be brutal and it can be fast. You know, you yeah. get in, you get burnt and you get out. Um, we're going to move on here, uh, to our final segment, but before we do see this happened so fast, I wasn't prepared. Uh, I got to <laughs> give a shout out to Colorado XOs, the Colorado, as I'm calling them, the Colorado X one and O's because they're undefeated. They got their first win 
in New Orleans this last week in their first ever game, much like the Denver Broncos over the Boston Patriots in their first ever game. Uh, the Colorado XOs, a really cool experiment that they're running down there at Infinity Park in Glendale. Basically, they're taking all of these former athletes from other sports, current athletes, obviously, because they're playing professional rugby, um, but taking football players and, and soccer players, baseball players, and saying, hey, can we train these really great athletes from other sports to be really great rugby players and train them to make the U.S. national team, uh, which I think is a really cool thing. So they're playing games against other teams uh, and they're training. And so far, the experiment is working. They want to know. So uh, keep an eye on them and keep an eye on our rugby coverage at thednvr.com. I think this is one of those really cool stories that's absolutely worth following. You want to see, does this work? Um, it goes back to a, a like an age-old conversation. What if we had our best athletes play Sport X? Well, you know, these aren't the best in the world, but they're some of the, the, the best um, from, you know, I guess they're in the 1%. A lot of them have played professional sports in other sports. So uh, they're certainly inside the 1%, and we're going to see if uh, we could turn them into great rugby players. So check out that and check out all of the coverage from Colton Strickler at DNVR Rugby and the DNVR Rugby podcast with our guy Colton Strickler. Yeah, you may actually see a movie made about the Colorado Exos in like 10 or 20 years. And, you know, you, you'll know about it all from from our coverage. And if the if the Exos want to turn their one win into 100 wins, well, maybe they should check out DraftKings Sportsbook because, guys, this weekend DraftKings Sportsbook is offering 100 to 1 odds on this weekend's UFC 259 fight tomorrow night. It's action-packed with three title fights taking place and DraftKings is saying, who's the official sponsor of USC, they're giving you 100 to 1 odds on either fighter to land a punch during tomorrow night's fight. So all you have to do is pick one of the fighters to hit a punch and you'll turn $1 into $100. And if that happens, and guys, my guess is with fists flying, there's going to be one punch that's connected. So you are going to turn $1 into $100 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you want to stay away from that tomorrow night, well, DraftKings has great odds promotions every single day with basketball, hockey, so much more, including there's already NFL odds out there. So make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook and head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday, place your bet, watch the fist fly to turn that $1 into $100 on either fighter landing a punch. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And as we talk about DraftKings, I always give the update. No update on the uh, odds uh, for to land Deshaun Watson. A very quiet week. I think this is the first week where we haven't seen any changes in the odds. Mm, well, that's not bad for the Broncos. They're still sitting there, sitting pretty with uh, uh, pretty darn good odds. Absolutely. Okay. Since we went out of order, we now go to what was going to be the second segment. It's called One Gotta Go. You know the game. We're going to show you three things. One Gotta Go. It's going to be some Broncos, some food, all sorts of fun stuff. So let's play... One gotta go. I, I I'm always tempted to intro these games in like the cadence of Wheel of Fortune. Like I wanted to say, like, let's play. Don't confirm to Nikki. You know, I don't know why. Why I, don't I, you? Why don't you? 
Well, Let's you guys got to get in one. on it. Got to go. Got to have a crowd doing it. It's sort of tough to get the timing right for all of us to say at the same time when we're doing this over a stream. So we can do this. We can do this. Okay, ready? Let's play. No, no, yeah, next oh, time. Next time. Wow. Yeah. You say we have to do this. I queue it up and you. Wow. You just, you're just, you're just throwing me under the bus all day we today, Ryan. We don't have to do it. <laughs> we don't have to. All right. One got to go, guys. Justin Simmons. Kareem Jackson, Will Parks. Mm. And, guys, and obviously, you got to take into account, you know, the costs of these players. Yeah, I hate right. this game. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew Mace wasn't gonna like it. Well, I don't, I don't like, I don't like voting somebody I cut that on a on a beat I cover off the island. That's the thing. I, it's well, George hard. Payton has to do that, you know, yeah. and and we have to think about what the Broncos are going to do because, guys, they could keep all three of these guys, but then you're going to be talking about potentially $35 million in cap space this year at the safety position. Yeah, unfortunately, I, like I said earlier this week on the pod, um, for me, I'm keeping Justin and Kareem this year. Uh, so I guess it's Will that's got to go, although I think you might be able to get him cheap enough to keep him alongside these guys. We'll see about that. Mm. But for me, it's just, like I said, uh, John Elway did not leave this position in a good place to where you can afford to move on from a cream Jackson, in my opinion. Well, I think Will Parks can play that position. If you're going to invest so much in Justin, I feel like you want to also keep, you know, keep his partner in crime, uh, who used to be Will Parks, but is now, uh, Kareem Jackson. So, to me, for one more year, you're going to overpay uh, the safety position based on positional value. Uh, but I think it, it's a, a really important part to keeping this defense great, which if you're trying to win this next year, that's a big part of it. Yeah, the, the one guy that can't go is Justin Simmons, and I think we all agree on that. So you really are deciding between the value and Will Parks, uh, which, which he, he has great value, I think, or Kareem Jackson. But guys, we said if you move on from Kareem, you're going to save $10 million. You have to use that money wisely. And I just think you have a great player in Kareem. You got to keep him. So for one more year, uh, sorry, for a second year, Will, you, you, you're you're finding a new team. Yeah, and uh... – I mean, yeah, I, I, if it's my budget and I'm building a team, I'm finding a way to keep all three. But if we have to get rid of, we have to get rid of one. I'm also looking at saying, all right, can Will Parks be 70% of Kareem Jackson at 25% the cost? I'd say probably. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Justin and Will as my safeties. Guys, and when we talked to George Payton yesterday, what we, what was really interesting was, again, Kareem's a guy that's under contract. And he said, we want Kareem back, but it was not a, we're going to pick up the option. You can tell that he's trying to work on something, whether it's a pay cut, whether it's uh, an extension. I think something's going to happen with Kareem uh, besides just, uh, you know, picking up the option and, and going on smooth sailing. Right. They They can pick up the option. When can they pick up the option? They can pick it up anytime. They have until, yeah. I believe, March 12th to do so. So one so week from today. Say, if you say we want him back, the follow-up question is, well, you could have him back right now. Just pick up the option. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, it's implied what you're saying, Zach, which is, well, right. we want him back. We're going to see if we can, you know, pinch a few pennies to, uh, to get him back. And then maybe spend some of that money on Will Parks. Yep. Yeah, potentially. Exactly. All right, let's go to the next one. One gotta go between TV, internet, and phone, cell phone specifically. All right, this one. Well, uh, 
what what's included in TV? Is it cable or this is you literally can't have a TV in your house? Um yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But let's do uh both. Okay, well the phone is useless without the internet. So mm-hmm. uh it's TV and internet for me that I'm keeping. And I can I can communicate with people strictly via messenger apps and that sort of thing. Holy smokes. Wow. For me, I, I have to like you said, internet, you have to. Uh you have to keep internet and I you know, I use my phone with internet, so I'm going to go with the phone and internet. And How are you watching? You're watching every sporting event on your phone? I guess. Or, or yeah, on your computer. I, if you have the internet, you got a computer, right? I can't do my job, guys, without my phone. Yeah. I mean, you with all the news and everything. No, but the TV can't go with you. That's the, I think that's the thing. I mean, I can, because it's phone internet. So with the internet, I assume I've got an iPad and I, I'll just happily watch every game on my iPad. It's easy. The TV's going. I have to have the phone for this job. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to well, have internet, know, too. Carry around on an, an iPad. <laughs> I already do. Yeah, so that's yeah. an interesting one. I just, like, I, the best part, uh, you know, of the evening for me is watching sports on TV. I can't just lose that. Yeah, and no, other than playing fair. Madden afterwards. <laughs> well, the th- yeah, but the thing is, like, I'm used to it because in the living room at home, the family is watching something else on the television. I'm watching a game on the iPad, so I've already, I'm already at kind of the living without TV point for long stretches, and I'm doing fine. Yeah, I so if it was cable, that would have been easy for me, which is why it wasn't cable. But because I already don't have cable, and it's fine. If it wasn't for this job. I think I could do without a phone because I wouldn't need to be by something all the time, but just it's got to be on me. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, you've got Tim Patrick, Alexander oh. Johnson, and Philip Lindsay, the unrestricted free agents here, all with great restricted. hair, notably. Restricted, sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I know, I know I'll know. i choose for Ryan. Ryan's saying Phil has to go. It's easy decision <laughs> for him. Um, no, but guys, I'll do this one first. Um, to me, Phil is coming back. Alexander Johnson is coming back. Tim, it's not because of you. This, It's not you, Tim. It's me. It's me. And it's the Broncos. It's the way the Broncos are built, guys. Right now, they need those two running backs. Right now, they need Alexander Johnson to be a starter. Tim Patrick is fantastic depth piece. But if Corton Sutton's healthy, Jerry Judy's healthy, KJ Hamler's healthy, Tim is, you know, the the maybe the third receiver. Maybe. But that's just lower than where Phil is and where Alexander Johnson is. So, Tim, again, it's not you. It's yeah. me. Yeah, if if Hamler takes the next step, there's no room at the end for him among the top three. And, oh, by the way, you factor in Noah Fant and Albert Okwebunam at tight end. So, I and I, I would do this, like, even if we're not doing one got to go. I'd give them all second-round tenders. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if in the next couple of months there's a team that offers, say, a fourth-round pick for Tim Patrick, Green Bay makes a lot of sense. I would take that deal. Yep. yep. If I'm the GM, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, if one of these guys has to go, someone's going to get a really good player. Uh, and it might yeah. it, it might be Tim Patrick. And um, he might end up in a better situation than he is now, like you just mentioned. Um, now, I, I have to say this. If, if I am the general manager of the Broncos, I'm making 
big time overhauls to the linebacker position. Um, it's just not good enough for me right now. But I'm not starting with Alexander Johnson. I'd rather get someone to put alongside Alexander Johnson uh, to start and then eventually probably try and replace Alexander Johnson as well. But you probably can't replace both positions one option about where you're going uh, at that position. So I definitely want to keep Alexander Johnson. I think he pairs well. You know, if Justin Sternod is a hit, um, I think he, those two make a nice little pairing out there. So I, uh, I'm i keeping him. Um, I'm definitely keeping Philip Lindsay. And unfortunately, you got to let go of a good player in Tim Patrick who doesn't deserve to be let go in this situation. But you, you got to yeah. pick one. Um, and I love Tim Patrick. I hate doing this. Yeah, me too. Well, but and you could say this about running backs too. Um, like receivers are just a dime a dozen in today's NFL, um, and especially ones that aren't over a certain caliber. And I think that Tim is just barely in the place where you can find guys. He's to me he's the most replaceable out of these three. And again, I I hate saying that because I really like Tim Patrick. I think he's a very good player. But I think you can. Not going to really hurt your roster much by losing him. Yeah. Mace, one of the things that you, you said you hate doing this, but earlier in the podcast, you, you did say that, you know, George Payton may still be deciding whether to put an original round tender on yeah. these guys or a second round tender. So, I mean, this is very much a conversation oh. that, that, that we think is, it could very well be happening within I, the Broncos organization. Oh, I know it's happening. I just kind of ethically, I always have a little bit of trouble with, uh, uh, advocating for cutting or firing somebody on a team that I cover. That's yeah, and I don't think it's, anyone's it's my it's my own li- it's my own little weird ethical thing that I have. Well, let's look at it. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't think that's weird at all. I think we all understand that. But let's look at it this way. I, I was on Broncos Country tonight earlier this week yeah. with uh, with our friends Ben and Ryan, and one of the questions was, uh, should the Broncos do Tim Patrick right and not give him any tender? Mm-hmm. And just mm. let him hit the open market so that he can go choose his team. He can go get whatever deal he wants. And so, I mean, that that would be almost the the complete opposite of anything we've talked about. Of just you know saying, Tim, thanks for everything you've done. We know that you're going to have a bigger role somewhere else, and you can get a better contract somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and again, no one. No one is advocating for any of these guys to be cut or not. We all, mm-hmm. at least I think I speak for all of us when I say we all are on the side of the players when it comes to this stuff. We just want these guys to get paid, be able to take care of their families, get as much money as they can during the short time that they have in the NFL. Exactly. Right, let's, go, let's go on to the next one. Maybe. There all right. Is. We've got coffee, beer, and meat. Oh, I'm getting rid of two. Oh, wow. Wow, Mace, you you have no respect for uh for for coffee, beer, or meat? I mean, actually in in truth, are we talking all meat or just like beef? Meat. Okay, every meat single as a whole. Meat. So you are yeah. what does fish count? Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. Then all right, then I'm definitely keeping meat. I I I'm not a co- I'm a tea drinker, not a coffee drinker, and I'm not a, and I'm not really a beer drinker. I I drink cider and cocktails. I mean, yeah. so which one I, I are you can, keeping then? I guess it's one I, gotta stay. I, yeah, one gotta stay. But like, if you had said beef as opposed to just overall meat, I'd have been like, hey, all three can go. Okay, so so yeah. so Mace, what we're doing? Uh, yeah, we're doing. You have to have one every yeah. day. Oh, coffee I or get, beer? I uh, <laughs> coffee or beer? Oh coffee i mean <laughs> okay so you don't you don't hate it you're just more of a tea guy yeah i'm 
I, I can live with it. I, the, the, the thing is, guys, there are very, I mean, there are very few beers that taste good to me. I mean, one of the rare ones is Strawberry Sky, but mm. the, 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 I only like beers that are like fruity. That's it. That's all I like, really. Yeah, yeah, the, and, and, and I totally understand that. Yeah. Brian, I thought this was going to be a tougher one for you. Um, yeah, so this one, so I have um, an interesting experience here as I have lived without meat uh, for seven years. Now, I did have fish during that time, so it's a little bit differently, but um, I, I'm not going back to that life. Uh, it's just too much of a pain in the ass to, like, find food to eat. You can never go to, like, a public thing where there's food like for example like the broncos like press box would be really hard for you to find a meal in there um just little things like that it's just it's just a constant pain so i'm not giving up meat again i credit um like 75 percent of my success in life to coffee uh so i'm (laughs) certainly not giving that up i've always said if i discovered coffee like in high school i might have gone to harvard um (laughs) it's just you know i was always tired and lazy before i found coffee so i need coffee in my life um beer you know i don't want to give up beer i love pretty much every breck brew but now they've got seltzers so uh i can just drink breck seltzers uh and if you take that away you can just you know drink whiskey uh so there's a lot yeah yeah there's a lot more options here. Like, I don't want to drink like an energy drink every day because now I don't have coffee. That seems like it might kill me faster than beer. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping coffee and meat. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I want to be. I want to be able to enjoy some beers and, of course, gotta have coffee because, like you said, Ryan, I don't want to turn to energy drinks. So I can do it without meat. Um, you know, so sometimes I go stretches without it and I'm fine. So to me, let me keep the beverages. And if you're craving some coffee beer and meat right now strava craft coffee breckenridge <laughs> brewery and hassle cattle company let's go there we go yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right next one justin simmons shelby harris or bryce callahan mm. okay uh unfortunately bryce has to go um and and you're not happy about the position you're in at corner now all of a sudden but uh, you're not losing Justin. We've been over that a million times. Um, Shelby Harris, I said it after the Chiefs game, he might be your most valuable player against the Chiefs. Um, he can buy you free downs, basically. And what I mean is those batted passes at the line are are so incredibly valuable against the Chiefs because the, getting stops against them is very difficult. And if you can steal a down where oftentimes there's an open receiver that Patrick Mahomes sees – and Shelby Harris can knock it down. On top of that, you talk about his interior pass rush, which we know is the number one way you have to beat the Chiefs. You simply cannot afford to lose Shelby. Uh, so again, I'm not happy with where I'm at at a cornerback. But uh, if I got to lose one of these, one of these guys, it's got to be Brett Callahan. If Bryce Callahan was healthy and you could count on him to be healthy, then he's the one that I'm saying he stays. If it's one guy to stay. It's Bryce, but guys, you, you know, you fooled me once you fooled me twice. You fooled me every, every single year, guys, Bryce Callahan has not been able to play 16 full games. So that absolutely comes into the equation here. I know Shelby was hurt and also had COVID last year, but that was an anomaly for him. So I am bringing back Justin and Shelby because of that. Both of those guys, you can count on pretty much year in and year out. In fact, you can count on Justin and snap every single snap for the past three or four years. So just because of the injuries, it's Bryce. Yeah, I mean, 
Bryce Callahan, if you go back to the end of uh, his time with Chicago when he missed three regular season games in a playoff game uh, with the injury. So you go over the last 36 possible games uh, for Bryce Callahan, and he's played 10. It You know, the best ability is availability, right? Yep. He's a talented player. I mean, he's easily the Broncos' best cornerback by miles. And uh, when he was out there last year, he was splendid. But I need a guy who I know is going to play. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What do we got next? Wings, Wings. pizza, and burgers. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, I think this one's pretty easy for me. Um, I'm not giving up wings. That's like a top five favorite food for me. Um, And pizza is one of my favorite guilty pleasures um so i'll give up the burger i'm actually not the biggest burger guy like i like a good burger i like judging all the fast food burgers because that's fun um but i this might sound uh silly but like burgers are eaten too fast you know you you get hungry you're looking forward to this meal you have a burger and like six bites later it's gone and you're like oh where'd it go uh so that's uh that's my reasoning for why I'm I'm letting burgers go here. So w- burgers are eating too fast, but wings aren't. Wings that, you got to work for. Them. You got to work your way around the bone. It's like, and boom, yeah, boom, there's boom. effort. There, there's effort involved with the wing, though. I mean, you especially got twelve of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're kind of if you want to get all the meat off, you're kind of picking it clean and all that. It takes a it, it takes <laughs> wow. a little bit of time. And uh, also, I'm thinking in terms of what I can prepare at home. I have an air fryer now. And wings in the air fryer are amazing. Game changer. Yes. I made some the other night that were like, the, I mean, it, I didn't think it was possible to get wings that crispy without frying them. Yeah. Oh, the air uh, fryer it yeah. is amazing. But guys, for me, uh, I agree with you, Ryan, that wings are probably the best thing on this list, but I don't have them ever. So mm, give me mm-hmm. pizza. Wow. Give me burgers. And wings can go, even though they're the best. It's just it's the one that is not as available to to me. Yeah, wow, that I, is weird. I eat wings multiple times a week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though I had an In and Out burger for lunch yesterday, um, I still have I, I, I burgers. The one that's going for me. There, there's so there are so many things you can do with pizza, and also pizza is incredibly hard to screw up, and it's incredible incredibly easy. Uh, I'm I'm keeping the wings and pizza. Wait, you said pizza is incredibly hard to screw up. You've had the the post game pizza. <laughs> exactly, it's incredibly hard to screw up, and somehow the Broncos <laughs> commissary screwed up post game pizza by undercooking it. Why is there so much sand on the bottom of it? <laughs> Seriously, it, it's cor- cornmeal. Yeah, what that is. I know, but in the pizza industry, they call it sand, and I hate it. Why are you putting that on my pizza? Um, all right. Uh, last thing I wanted to say on burgers, I think, I think I have a thing about the amount of the thing that you're eating. So, like, if you eat a burger, there's only one, right? But if you eat a right. pizza, you've got like six slices. If you eat wings, right. you got twelve. I love sushi. You eat a bunch of little pieces. I think there's a weird thing. Maybe I would like like a six pack of sliders. Maybe this is why sliders exist, right? Because instead of having one burger, you have three sliders. Maybe it feels like you're eating more. It's the I, illusion. I gotta say though, when when I have sushi and there's eight there, 
you know, I, I, I know how many are left and it just kind of makes me sad as I'm eating them. I'm like, oh, there's only three left. You know, with the burger, I don't really know. It's kind of an unknown as I'm going. You don't have time to know because it's gone before you can even figure it out. <laughs> All right, well, I am I'm a slow eater, so maybe it's different. Yeah. This one sucks, but I assume we're going to imagine that this is a world where you're trading for Deshaun Watson and they want one of these young studs. Mm. So one has to go. Mm, and it's of course, easy. we have Noah Fant, Bradley Chubb, and Jerry Judy. Yeah, it's actually kind of easy here. I got to I, I gotta get rid of Jerry Judy. Ooh. That's and who I thought you were going to say. It's well, it's 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 the scarcity of pass rushers and even tight ends compared to wide receivers. You've got Cortland Sutton, you've got KJ Hamler. So in this exercise, I still have Tim Patrick too. So I've got good depth at receiver. It's hard, and wide receiver is the is the one position that college football has no problem producing. I'm going to be able to find. Uh, maybe not someone of Jerry Judy's specific skill set, but someone who can be productive. That, this yeah. was an easy call. Yeah, this is and so hard. Uh, I don't. I don't. Me. I yeah. It's not easy, but I do agree with Mace uh, on who wow. has to go, just because of the depth there. And mm-hmm. you do have Alberto at tight end, so you could say moving on from Noah Fant, but you know that Noah Fant is great it, it, it it's a leap to say that mm-hmm. alberto can be great and of course bradley chubb especially if you're moving on from von miller well and, and you know you're not yeah. gonna have von for the next five years you know you may have him for the next three uh but to me mace i gotta agree the depth of wide receiver is there so mm-hmm. uh it's tough though it's not easy for me <laughs> i'm completely stumped um <laughs> so i'm not get, uh, jerry judy's out for me he's not even an option um to me so he's what he's one gotta stay yes wow if i if i had to guess right now which one of these guys ends up with the best career in the nfl i would say it's going to be jerry judy um mm-hmm. so that is really hard for me i i can't let him go um chubb to me you know unfortunately hasn't lived up to what we expected from him um but not not all of that was in his control. Obviously, his rookie season, he almost set the rookie sack record. He was on pace to go crazy uh, and then had a rough start to the next season and obviously the injury. Uh, last year, I don't think we saw him at his full capability until the end. But because you know you're losing Von Miller um, at some point, whether that's actually losing him or losing his, you know, his top-tier abilities, which will eventually go away, I think you have to keep Bradley Chubb as the young pass rusher that, you know, is the uh, part of the core of your defense. So because of Albert Okwebunam uh, and just the the fact that the tight end position in terms of value, I think is the lowest value out of these three. Um, I'm going to move on from Noah Fant. I hate it. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like any of this. Um, but if, if the Texans called me that it's your pick, you can give us uh Noah, Judy, or Chubb, I think I'm going Noah. I don't like it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, if if it were something other than a Deshaun Watson trade, like if you were getting rid of one of these guys, but you still kept the number nine overall pick, I would think about Fant just because I'd say, well, I can take Kyle Pitts. Yeah, but, unfortunately, yeah. you're never going to be able to keep the number nine overall pick. Yeah, exactly. So... I, I don't have that option of uh, 
of, of getting of getting rid of of, of of Fenton sacrificing the tight end position. And look, I mean, the, if you can get tight end right, it is the position that almost nobody has an answer for defensively. And even though you know Noah battled uh, through the ankle injury last year, we saw some glimpses. Like you go back to that Pittsburgh game, for example. Noah Fant against uh, you know against Devin Bush. Well, Fant torched him, and that's a first-round linebacker who was supposed to be able to do a lot in coverage, and Noah dominated him. And so that's a game like that is sort of the kind of the gl- glimpse of what Noah can be at full health, one hundred percent. For me, I'm looking at it more of okay. Look at let's look at my offense here. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, you know, can we put together a really great offense without Noah Fant still? And I and I think uh, it, it's decently easy. But you're right. I mean, having the mismatch, that's why you took him in the first round. Like, yeah. he, he, you know, to have a big mismatch tight end like that is a one hell of a luxury. But especially with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball, I think Albert Okawebunam could become that receiving threat. Now you're going to have to bring in someone that you trust to block a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Or develop him a little bit better into a better blocker, and you know, bulk him up a little bit. But uh, yeah, this one sucks. Um, but I, I do go Noah. It and doesn't Albert, really yeah, suck yeah. at the end if you're getting Deshaun Watson. Though. Not at all. It doesn't. All. It doesn't. But the thing is, like with Albert, I mean, he is a long, long way off as a blocker, and now he's got to focus on coming back from the ACL. Whereas Noah Fant, is he ever going to be a devastating blocker? No but he's a willing blocker. He'll put his body in there and, and he, and he will do some decent things. I think he can, he's getting to the point where as a blocker, he's passable to where he is an every down guy. And that's all I need from him. That's what Shannon Sharp was. You know, he was willing passable and then did all the good stuff in the passing game. And I think Noah Fant can get there in time. All right. Do we have any more? One more. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Oh, it's us. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's not it. That's not. Oh it. man, that that would be good. Wow. What'd you say? Or bad. All right, we're uh, we're that, paused here for a second. That oh. would be one where Mace would definitely be able to use the uh, ethical argument there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a, I have this fear that's going to be a last one in, first one out. But oh, oh, oh! Pop tart, right. hot pockets, and ice cream. Oh. Wow. Okay. So every, I think everyone is saying ice cream is staying. Um, oh, yes. oh, wow. Okay. That's, I thought that was just going to be a me thing. Okay. Yep. Ice oh, cream got to oh. stay. Out it's, of all of these in. things, like everyone here eats ice cream way more than the other two. I got to say that looks like bubblegum ice cream. I'm just looks, throwing that out there. Looks no, it terrible. looks like strawberry. <laughs> strawberry or maybe peppermint. But I want my ice cream to be white. Um, or I guess chocolate color, just no, no, like rainbow colors in my ice cream. Um, okay. Uh, so for me, ice cream absolutely stays 100%. And, uh, I think there's more nutritional value in hot pockets. So I'm going to stay with those, uh, and, and let, let pop tarts go. Well, and with that, Ryan, I'm going to go the same route because, boom, you got a meal right there. You got a full days of work right there with the Hot Pocket and ice cream. Put them together. You're good. If you're putting ice cream and Pop-Tarts together, okay, I am I have a sweet tooth, and that may be even a little <laughs> too sweet there. So give me Hot Pockets and ice cream. Get those stocked up in your freezer, and you're set. Well, I mean, there are other ways to get meat and cheese and a meal, right? I mean, 
I'm not just subsisting on hot hot pockets. That's not my only path to uh, a decent meal. So I, I, hot pockets got to go for me. And I and this wow. is just I I have hot pockets far less often than pop tarts or ice cream. So that that's why. I haven't had a pop tart or a hot pot in years. Yeah, um, but I have had ice cream in like the last week. I yeah. just had I just had the, the box of cinnamon brown sugar uh, pop tarts, and uh, I bought one last week. And no, sorry. Hey, you hey, know why you else? Know. You know why else pop tarts has to go? Pop tarts has to go because they did me dirty in that poll a couple <laughs> uh, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, so pop tarts, pop tarts, get out of here! Uh, <laughs> last time I had a hot pocket was uh, week one of mm-hmm. the 2020 season just 2019, before I think. oh yeah yeah no you're right 2019 season and i had ice cream about 14 hours ago yeah. nice nice yeah. all right oh, uh, well now three gotta go it's us three we gotta go <laughs> uh, but before we get out of here shout out to green mountain dental group you can get a free sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam um they are such a family over there ali got her wisdom teeth taken out and they called to check on her multiple times um they were so caring um they wanted to help with any little thing that could possibly go wrong so uh they're great they'll treat you like family they're part of the nvr family they're true colorado sports fans uh and just the type of small business that you want to support so if you're looking for a dentist in the metro area green mountain dental is the place to go but for us today that is going to wrap things up on the third episode with three ring circus make sure you hit us with a thumbs up hit us with a subscribe you can sign up for alerts anytime we go live uh but we'll catch you on the podcast on monday we'll catch you uh, next friday for another episode of three ring